The Giants got embarrassed on Sunday night to open the season. The Cowboys came into MetLife Stadium and absolutely demolished Big Blue 40 to nothing. What the hell happened? Lawrence, Paul, and I will break down what went wrong for the G-Men. Should Giants fans be concerned with the ugly start of the season? Lots to do and lots of venting that's going to be done. It's all coming up on Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome back to the Blue Rush Podcast. It's our New York Giants podcast for the New York Post. We are back for another season, bringing you two episodes a week, Mondays and Thursdays. I'm Brandon London, back for another season. He's been covering the Giants at the New York Post since 1994. It's Paul Schwartz, and our two-time Giants Super Bowl champion kicker is back. He's live, and uh, he's got some good stuff for you guys coming up. The great Lawrence Tynes, our producers, Jake Brown and Andrew Hartz, are back with us as well. I'll tell you what's back. Oh, man, that was a thrashing last night, fellas. Paul, you were in the building. Tynes, you're watching from home. 40 nil, 40 burger put up on the opening night. Tynes, to see you shaking your head. Go. Well, I thought it was very appropriate that the Giants advertised Coco Golf in the building. 40 love, gentlemen. 40 love, if you will, for the young champion. By the way, congrats to Coco Golf. Man, what a great story that was. Anyway, good to see her in the building. That was probably the highlight outside of Queen Latifah's uh, national anthem. And then it was all downhill from there, boys. Uh, what a catastrophic series of events. They came out running the football, and then obviously the blocked field goal. Andrew Thomas hurts his hamstring there. Graham Gano. Graham Gano laid a nice lick on that play, by the way. You guys should go back and look at it. There's only very few highlights from the game, but the young Scotsman got got actually knocked the guy uh, to the ground that blocked his field goal. And then from there, it snowballed. You know, I think, guys, Brandon, uh, Paul, we talked about this extensively on the pregame show. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. And, and listen, defense has a hand in this as well as special teams. But when you lose 40 to nothing, everybody's got some responsibility. So, not a very good start for Giants, Giants, Giants. Nation. Well, I talked to a lot of fans after the game and they were blaming it on the beat writers and the people that cover the team because they're like, we hyped them up. We hyped this team up all throughout training camp. None of us saw this, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I take my share of the blame. I wrote the Giants might be a pretty <laughs> good team. I thought I was mentally prepared to write in the opener. I clearly wasn't. Um, couldn't get on the Wi-Fi. Uh, laptop got wet in the rain. Um, you know, I was not ready and I need to do better. You know, I, I need to flush this one is what I need to do. You know what? <laughs> Brian Dabo, we got skunked here. You know what I mean? Skunked. Um, I mean, this stunk, right? You know, that's what a skunk does. And this was um, this was really bad and um, almost almost comically pitiful at times. You know what I mean? With, you know, giving up a Giving up a, a, a field goal block for a touchdown, a pick six um, where, you know, Daniel Jones puts the ball in Saquon Barkley's hands and he gets hit on a good hit. You know, Trayvon Diggs, good hit. A ball pops up. The ball gets intercepted. Uh, um, just a, a series of misadventures. The rain started right before kickoff. It was very um, fitting. Um, and, um, you know, the best thing you can say about the Giants is they didn't quit you know, quit, you know, they didn't, you know, I think they still played, but um, it's almost worse because they, if they did quit, you could almost say, well, they weren't trying and they were trying and they just were really, really bad. Um, I would say, you know, offense F, special teams F, coaching F, defense like a CD, you know, they, they, they were competitive. I mean, they were competitive, the defense, they just had no chance the way this game went, you know, no chance. 
all out here reading out my high school transcripts. Come on, man. I thought we were talking about football. No, but and we're going to talk about that competing towards the end because Brian Dable is taking heat for keeping Daniel Jones in the game where it was all a 40 love. But to go back to the storylines, what do we talk about going? None of the storylines, I guess you could say, showed up to play or had a successful night. We talked about Darren Waller. I mean, he couldn't control a lot of that. What, two, three catches on the night. We talked about the offensive line. They were abused throughout the night. Daniel Jones got the extension in the offseason. He looked average on the night. Saquon had some couple nice runs, but he couldn't really have success because they were behind on the counts. Third and long, third and 19s, third and 24s. What are you supposed to call on that? And then another thing, special teams. Special teams didn't show up as well. And then lastly, we talked about the young corners. They were physical, but almost too physical because they kept some drives going, some scoring drives going when it came to some defensive pass interference and some holdings. So a lot of people are saying, I was talking to Paul Dettino last night, and he was saying, and this is for you, Tynes, he was saying, scrap it. Don't even have them watch the tape of this game. Just bury it. I'm like, no, you can't bury that because the 2022 Giants, in terms of the way they played schematically, not turning the ball over, not beating themselves, has to meet the 2023 Giants in terms of talent. So, Tynes, if, if you're Brian Dable, Thomas McGahee, uh, Mike Kafka, Wink Martindale. Do you watch the tape with these players to try and get whatever corrected, or do you just bury it and move on? I'm 1,000% watching it because I, I just think of how it started, right? They ran the ball really well early. Okay, there's some success there. And then all of a sudden you can see what one error does in a National Football League game, right? Uh, Zudu does not stab inside, go inside, take the outside. The, obviously, you saw in the next field goal, I believe Bellinger replaced him. So there was obviously something there. And just a great play by number 30 for Cowboys. Can't think of his name, but he he hurdles. Still, that's a play that, that that's simple technique, guys. It's day one training camp. Stab inside with your left hand. Go to the outside guy. We get the field goal block turning. You know, listen, if we make the field goal three zip, okay, we're just banking on Gano to make that. It's just weird how, you know, one play kind of flips a game, gives them momentum. Now, obviously, there was a lot of problems on the right side of that offensive line. I think Andrew Thomas hung in there. I know he was labored a little bit with the hamstring. I thought my young draft pick, JMS, played really well early, moving some people around. But that right side of the line, guys, is a huge, huge question mark. We talked about it at nauseum. Evan Neal did not play well. Mark Lewinsky did not play well. And they just feasted on that side of the line. But, I'm Brandon, to answer your question long-windedly, yes, turn the film on. It's This is a look-in-the-mirror game. And, and for everybody. Coaches, players, wives, children, look in the mirror. Are you doing everything right to help this team win? And, you know, a little bit of it, I just worry that this game could linger to some extent because they got embarrassed, guys, and they've been embarrassed. You know, the core of this team has been embarrassed a lot. Go back to Philly and the playoffs not that long ago. So, yes, watch the film. Make it hurt. Make it sting a little bit. There is no – more feeling of of powerlessness. You know, we talked about Daniel with the money. They got Waller. They got Paris Campbell. Jalen Hyatt's going to run vertical routes. You know, Saquon is angry and, and fresh. This all sounds great. And then, you know, it's like you, you have your radio and it's like, oh, shoot, there's no batteries in it. This, this, look, the Cowboys have the Giants number up front. That's all there is to it. I mean, until further notice, you know, Micah Parsons, um, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, they, they can't block them, period. They can't block them. You know, they do a lot of twists, stunts. They're a powerful, 
you know, Michael Parsons is, is one of the premier pass rushers in the league and sack art, artists, but it wasn't just him. You know, you mentioned John Michael Schmitz, you know, he put the ball on the ground, you know, he put the ball on the ground, you know, loss of 14. Um, and he said, you know what, you know, I asked him after the game and he said, the rain, the sleet, the snow, whatever it is, he said, I cannot allow any outside elements or any outside factors affect what I do. You know, he's a guy who played college football in Minnesota, you know, so he knows about elements. He was, he was hard on himself there. You know, that's a rookie. I get it. But um, um, look, we were, we were, we were cautiously optimistic that the offensive line would be better, but look, it, the fact is that the front office and the coaching staff wanted Josh Izudu, the second year guard, third round pick last year of this regime. They wanted him to start, get, and win the starting right guard job. That was the goal this summer. It did not happen. He and Bredesen, you know, competed for it every day. Zudu could not beat him out. So Bredesen is there. Um, and then, you know, Evan Neal is just a high draft pick and he's going to play. You know, Ev- you know, Neal was, you know, Neal pulled out the Teddy Roosevelt line um, last night after the game about the man in the arena. You know what I mean? Kind of like, you know, the critics are out there, but the man in the arena kind of knows. He said, when you have a result like that, obviously it sucks, but what can you do? You have to, you know, go back and learn from it and everything. Um, that's good stuff, but we've heard that from Evan Neal. You know, we just ha- we've heard that from Evan Neal. You know, being a stand-up guy is great, but you have to be a stand-up guy on the field and stand up and not let the guy around you. And um, he might be the biggest question mark on the team right now, because if he can't play right tackle at a high level, um, there are really no other answers. Paul, so you say speak softly and carry a big stick. That's another Teddy Roosevelt uh, quote right there. You know, be a rough rider. You know, Teddy Roosevelt was a rough rider. Yeah, they, they you know, they got uh, you know rough shot run over them. Um, you know, that's the extent of my history lesson there. But yeah, it was it was it was. Um, but Teddy Roosevelt ran up San Juan Hill, right? So um, the Giants weren't running up any hills uh, Sunday night. Yeah, the only rough rider I know is DMX. Yeah, I just remember that from high school. Oh. Yeah, you guys are way above what, all this Teddy Roosevelt stuff, right above my head. That's not us. We just didn't do a good enough job. But check it. Speaking of rough riding, the last two games, Giants' last two games, the playoff loss to the Eagles, and now this 40 nothing love loss to the Cowboys, 38-7 to the Eagles, 40 love to the Cowboys. So back-to-back bad performances. And we're talking about that interior offensive line because we're going to switch and talk about the Giants' pass rush, which was non-existent. You saw a tale of two tapes when it came to a master class in pass rush. Daniel Jones, Joe Shane restructured Daniel Jones's deal. Paul, do you think that he did that? Because could there be some moves made to try and bring in an interior line, interior guard to help shore up that offensive line? Yeah, um, you know, Richie Soybert is still in the area. You know, that's a good thing. Sean O'Hara is still in the area. That's a good thing. I don't think O'Hara's can get the job done now, though. You know, he looks, you know, this is what Sean O'Hara looks like now, right? So he's not blocking anybody. You guys know, Brandon, you know, where's the help coming from? You know what I mean? There's no help out there. You know, you think there's a lot of good guards that are, that are sitting home waiting? I mean, you know, the middle of the season is tough, no doubt, Paul. Like all the good players are, are spoken for. Now, I will give you a little bit of a wild card is Justin Pugh is out there. Justin Pugh is better and he wants to play for the Giants. He wants to come play for the New York football Giants. Justin Pugh is better than either guard we have on our roster at this point in time. Now he's coming off an ACL and maybe his leadership, his tenure in the league can help an Evan Neal communication wise or something like that. But he's a guard. Justin Pugh's a guard. He's not a tackle. 
How much does Justin Pugh weigh right now? I don't care. As long as he can stay in front of somebody, to be honest with you, J- Jason Kelsey does it every Sunday at 260, 280. I-, I think technique and knowing what to do and being, you know, being athletic can help. But Kareem McKenzie's not walking through that door anytime soon to come rescue Evan Neal. It's it's a sore spot, and we we talked about it on Thursday, all of us. It, it, it just for me, I didn't see enough growth in the preseason. Obviously, the Giants didn't either, guys. If you remember in the third preseason game, he played a lot. And sure, he had the concussion. He's missed some time. But for me, it's, it's sometimes it becomes an ability thing. Can you even do it? And I just, I don't know. He just looks slow to me. I know it was wet. I know the traction wasn't great. But, you know, the feet, the feet just don't do it for me. And again, I'm just playing an offensive line coach on the show. So, well, we appreciate you. And no, that's something that you're, we're going to have to keep an eye on. I mean, uh, what, seven sacks last night, eight Oof. in two games against the Could Cowboys have been boys last night. Nine or bad. two taken away for penalty, I think, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. And what's, you got all these playmakers, you got all these groceries, but if you don't have time to let it cook in the crock pot, you don't know how good the, 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 the dinner is going to be. But let's flip it because the Cowboys' pass rush got after it. And we talked about Aziz and Kayvon. Could they take that step? Now, do you think that they were kind of neutralized because of the flow of the game? Or was it something where the Cowboys offensive line just flat out blanked our defensive line and our pass rush? I think they just blanked us. You know, Dexter had two pressures. I think there was one other pressure, maybe three total. That's it, guys. Dak Prescott had a lot of time. We got to him once. Maybe we made him kind of throw an awkward pass or something like that in the game. But they didn't do anything, guys. You know, and uh, I thought the young secondary or the young corners played okay. That Trey Hawkins pass interference call was a little bit of BS. I mean, if you think about it, he did not really do a lot to alter that receiver. I thought those guys hung in there. But, again, no Kayvon Thibodeau, no Ajilari, no sacks. You're not going to win, guys, 7-0 to zero in sack department. You got to get to the quarterback. So, I think it's, a, it's much more to do with the Dallas Cowboys offensive line is just that much better than us. The Cowboys didn't have to do anything. You know what I mean? They had 265 total yards. Dak Prescott threw for 143 yards, 49 of them on 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 a, on a busted coverage. You know what I mean? No touchdowns. You know, Pollard ran for 70 yards. They ran for 122. You know, they didn't, you know, they got handed a touchdown. They got handed a defensive touchdown. The Giants did not allow a defensive touchdown all of last season. Okay, so already in week one, they have, you know, shown us that this is not last year's team. It's a it's a departure. You know, last year is done. We can't expect the same things. You know, there might be some of the same results, but we can't expect, oh, because they did that. Now they can do this. That doesn't work that way. So, um, you know, I thought the defense was I mean, it wasn't good, but it was I agree. It, it, you know, it, you know, when we, we, we want to put everything in with the same basket. They were awful. The defense was not awful. They weren't a winning defense Sunday night, but they were they, they you can't put them in the same basket as the offense. I mean the offense gave away points. The special teams gave away points. The defense, I mean, look, the Cowboys shut it down, you know, in, in some ways. You know, they they weren't going for the throat at all. Um, you know, the Giants, you know, the, the uh, Jake Ferguson, the Cowboys tight end did nothing. Um, you know, Brandon Cooks didn't do a lot. Um, CeeDee Lamb gets, you know, you know, you know, they, they, they were like in cruise control, you know? So, you know, I think the Cowboys certainly could have scored more points. Now, the one question I have for you guys is, and then, you know, I'll give you my take is, um, should Jan- Daniel Jones have been in to almost the bitter end? I mean, you know, Daniel Jones doesn't know, he only knows one way to play. He's running, he's scrambling, he's getting hit. Um, you know, obviously there was no protection. 
I thought it was a bit much that he was in until you know the set you know the last series of the game they put um you know they put Tyrod in but you know did you think that was a bit much uh yeah I did especially when you gave him the money that you gave him and especially when the Cowboys defensive line just pinned their ears back and were trying to get after it if something happens to Daniel Jones right there then that could possibly bleed the end of the season. I love Tyrod Taylor, but I love what Daniel Jones has done in terms of his progression with this offense. And I want to see him with a, a, a able offensive line. So we were almost robbed of that. And times before I throw to you, remember last year, out of necessity, out of need, they put Odori Jackson back there uh, as a punt returner and he gets hurt. And you see what happened to the secondary after that. Now, just think of that was the quarterback that got hurt and what would happen to this team. So I look at it as maybe it was some sort of punishment. No, you guys aren't coming out of the game. You're going to have to fight through. You're going to have to stick it through. But at the end of the day, like that Dave Chappelle skit, when keeping it real goes wrong, it could blow up the entire season. So I love Brian Dable and some of that toughness, that grit and wanting to get more out of his players. But I think last night was at, 30-something nil, 40-something love, that was the that was the time to just throw it in and say, you know what, we need to get this team, this Daniel Jones, our quarterback, and this offense ready for Arizona. Yeah, no, I'm, I think I'm okay with it to some extent, but I also don't know whether Daniel Jones said, look, I want to ride this out and, and, and be out there with my teammates. Now, we don't know the full answer. I think maybe I watched the postgame comments. I think he re- alluded to that. But then again, Daniel's just being a team guy. I'm sure – uh, if you're asking me, if I'm running the New York football Giants, Daniel Jones would have been out of the game, along with a, lo- a bunch of other guys. I mean, he took a lot of big shots late, you know, around the edge, free runner, which shouldn't happen. I definitely would have pulled him. But again, I, you know, maybe Daniel didn't want to come out. We don't really know the true story behind that. But even if he did, the coach has to kind of protect the players, as always, from themselves. And, you know, he has the end-all, be-all decision. If he wanted Daniel out of the game, right, Paul, he would have said, Daniel, you're out. But I, look, he, yeah, he stayed I mean, in there. I mean, I, I, it doesn't matter what Daniel Jones wants. You know what I mean? Daniel Jones is not going to say, okay, coach, I've had enough. You know, like, you know, you know, I know what Brian Dable was doing. He said last night, trying to get something positive going there. You know, we didn't have much going. Wanted to get, you know, a positive drive, punch the ball in. So at least, you know, at that point, he's coaching for the Cardinal game in Arizona, right? And he's saying, let's get this group one positive, you know, drive here. We don't get shut out. He didn't want to get shut out, right? And then, you know, then we put everyone to bed. We lose 40 to 7. And, you know, we okay, see, guys, we got a little something going here. It didn't happen. It got worse and worse and worse. I mean, it was pathetic. They, you know, usually a team kind of lets you march down the field, and then they try to keep you out of the end zone. The Giants really couldn't march down the field. So, um, look, the way that game was going and the way they had no control up front, you know, I did not like that look. You know what I mean? The, the, the place is emptying out. Um, you know, as Brandon's, there's mostly cowboy fans at the ends. It's still raining. You know, there's nothing to salvage there. There's nothing to salvage. Get him out because Daniel is a punching bag at that point. It was, um, you know, it was an ugly ending to a very ugly night. And, um, you know, it was, you know, it's the worst opening day loss in, in their history. So it's pretty bad. Yeah, what Paul was alluding to, I do the, for those who don't know, who are listening, I do the in-game emceeing on the Jumbotron, that sort of thing. We got cut. The entertainment got cut in the third quarter. After that rain came down, fans were leaving, and then you heard Let's Go Cowboys chants going all through MetLife Stadium. Uh, to uh, wrap this up, before we do a quick look ahead for the Cardinals, 
Daniel Jones ends the night 15 for 28, 104, no TDs, two INTs, seven sacks, two fumbles. Saquon, 12 carries, 51 yards. Darren Waller, three receptions, 36 yards on five targets. And Graham Gano, who is automatic, 0 for 2 uh, on the night. Coming up, the Giants are going to Arizona. They're going to take on Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals, 4 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, Josh Dobbs, Jonathan Gannon, they look decent against um, the commanders, uh, really quick thoughts because we have the Blue Rush preview show going in. Is this a must win for the New York football giants? No. You know, I was 0-2 and won a Super Bowl, so and that was only with 16 games. So we gave up a ton of points in 07, if you remember, yep. to the Packers and the Cowboys to start 80. the season. 80. 80, to be exact. Uh, so we're halfway there. We're halfway there, <laughs> um, if I'm being good at math. But but no, um, they'll figure this out, guys. It, it You know, we tend to overreact here, but I think they'll be fine. You just got to go find yourself. It's good maybe in a weird way that they're going west for two weeks to go run and hide and get this thing figured out and be away from everyone in New York. So, um, you know, you don't want to go to the coffee shop and get bombarded by, by the locals, by the locals grabbing your coffee and things like that. So they'll get to go regroup. I have faith in this team. I still do. I'm a little concerned with some of the injuries though, with like Andrew Thomas and maybe I, I just, I don't like that, that he, his hamstrings hurt a little bit and Evan Neal not playing well or Klowinski or so there's, I have some concerns, but, Definitely not worried. I, I look forward to seeing what happens against Arizona. That That's definitely a game they can win. They win this game. What's your writing going to be like? They lose this game. What's the writing going to be like? You know, what's the, what's the narrative on this team leading into this game and coming out? Well, look, I mean, let's say, I mean, it's hard to even fathom this, but let's say they beat the Cowboys in the opener, right? You know, what, what would a lot of us be talking about? That was an unbelievably great win, but it doesn't mean anything if they don't back it up and take care of business in Arizona, right? You know, you go week to week to week and you keep on, you know, it gets bigger or it gets it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That's just the way it is. So look, I'll, here's another thing. The Giants start the season with three games in, the, in 12 days, right? That's the span because of the th- Thursday night game, right? So I was sitting there watching the Giants get pummeled by the Cowboys. And then I was thinking in 10 days, they're going to be playing in San Francisco. And we all saw that first game, you know, that most of us have seen, you know, you know, when, when, you know, the 49ers just went into Pittsburgh and just, you know, destroyed the Steelers. So I'm thinking A plus B equals what, you know, Giants terrible plus 49ers great equals what, Um, you know, so look, that's, that's gate week three, week two, They've got the Cardinals. Um, Xavier McKinney said he was shocked by this 40 to nothing. He said, that's not us. We will be better next week. The punchline is no fill in the blank. You know, you can't be worse than you are last week. Um, they'll be better. We'll see. You know, you don't have to be great to beat the Cardinals, but um, we'll see. We'll see. You know, their credibility took a hit. You know, they went from here. Now their credibility is here. They've got to build it back up. The only way to do that is to play better. And I think that goes or plays into the 2022 Giants mindset that our way. Again, it goes back to doing the things that had them win games and not turning the ball over, neutralizing the pass rush, uh, using Daniel Jones in different ways. But then, again, you get the talent that you have. Everyone has to buy in and be on that same page. And I like how I kind of after a loss like this, 
I kind of like how it's three games in 12 in 12 days because now you go out, you got an Arizona team that it's a winnable game. You should win that game. You clean up what you need to clean up, and then you go back against a juggernaut like the 49ers. And now you can kind of see like, hey, this is where we really are. We cleaned up the offensive line as much as we could. We cleaned up the back end in terms of busted coverages. Hey, Aziz and and, and Kayvon got some pass rush. We were we, we were able to blitz. We were able to do different things. And then you go into the 49er, that 49ers game, that game. I don't think anyone is going to pick the Giants to win that game. But if you play well, yeah, you're one in three, but you come back home and you you know more about yourself you know you you, you know more about yourself so I, again like you said I see them having one of those what is it keep it real days I think wink has or the accountability days where everyone kind of steps up and says hey I, I, I messed up my bad and you move you move forward you, they better allow some extra time this week there's gonna be a whole yeah. bunch of my bads <laughs> jeez they might be run that thing to Wednesday <laughs> where did we stop on Tuesday with the my bads? Oh yeah, it's your turn, Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that would before, be <laughs> before we move on. Before we move on to the Cardinals, I think we got another uh, you know two hours of abuse here. You know who else wants to say how bad you know how how, how bad how we bad were, you play? You know? How bad oh, you play? Funny. You you yeah. want to know who does the Scotsman? Let's hear what he has to say. It's a National Football League. You got to move on. You know? The train gonna keep on moving. Hop on. And that says cheerio to episode 147 of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Andrew Harsh for producing the show. Lawrence, that was a bloodbath on Sunday night and the weather looked miserable. Aren't you glad you were in Kansas and on the uh, the Yellow Brick Road instead of in uh, swamps of MetLife Stadium? Oh, ah, yes. It, was, it looked like a lovely atmosphere for a Cowboys fan. Subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Watch full episodes by subscribing to the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Lots of words there. Just follow the Blue Rush playlist. Give us a wee thumbs up and comment below. Are you worried about the Giants? I certainly am. For Paul Schwartz, Brandon London, Jake Brown, and Andrew Hartz, I'm Lawrence Tynes. We return for our Blue Rush preview podcast Thursday as we look ahead to the Giants matchup against the Bloody Cardinals. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush, folks. Cheerio!